Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again on a Thursday morning. It's not game day. We had game days the last two Thursdays. Today, it's just another day of preparation for the Steelers' big matchup at Heinz Field Saturday night against the Detroit Lions. I don't know if you could say training camp is officially over or not. It might be after this game. It kind of depends on how the team plays it out. But the last practice open to the public concluded on Wednesday in the rain. Uh, Kudos to the Steelers. You got to really give them some props here because they could have easily said, you know what? It's raining. Weather's an issue. Let's just go ahead and move it to the, to the South side and take it inside at the UPMC sports complex. But they didn't, they, they said, you know, let's be out there and play in the elements. You know, coach Tomlin's probably someone that would like to give, give the player some adversity during practice. But uh, just the whole notion that, you know, there could be injury or other thing like that, but they, they, 
went to Heinz Field for what would be the last practice for fans. Because if they cancel that one, no one else can come back for another try. So I I thought that was kind of a nice gesture to the fans that, that still toughed it out to be there. But here we are. The Steelers are halfway done the preseason. They've got two games left to go. It's going to be real interesting to see how the Steelers play this out. So far, they have played it like a typical four-game preseason. You've had no Ben Roethlisberger yet. He's he's scheduled to play in the game on Saturday. You've had several starters you haven't seen yet, like uh, uh, why can't I remember his name while I'm wearing his jersey? Cam Hayward, thank you, defensive captain Cam Hayward and Joe Hayden, players like that. Minka Fitzpatrick hasn't seen the field yet. Um, a number of those players that I do believe you're going to see out there. Now, two that I don't think you're going to see at all because of practice issues that they have in practice is Stefan to who's, who's still working his way back from missing so much time with everything going on with his family. Um, I don't believe there's another injury on top of things there. Nothing has been reported that I know of, but that's, that's what's going on with him um, with the, with the family tragedy that they had. And then TJ Watt with the whole contract issue. Um, love it. Hate it. You know what? As long as everything gets worked out, people aren't going to be, you know, in week 11, when TJ Watt goes out there and just misses a sack, it, it's not going to be like, oh, well, if, if he would have practiced more in training camp, um, you know, it's only because it's in the now that it's a big deal right now. We, we will most likely forget it um, in a few weeks after it's done. Um, so it is what it is. Um, I don't know that it's completely all him. I, I'm, I, I'd be speculating, but. I wouldn't be shocked if the Steelers like, you know, it, it's fine if you don't want to get out there and team drills yet and kind of something that they've worked out together. I don't know. I Trust me. I don't know that that's the case. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if that was also the case. Uh, it doesn't seem like Coach Tomlin is chomping at the bit saying, you know, he need, you know, he should be out here and he's not and things like that. So we'll just leave it how it is. So the Steelers have played two games, had some good times, had some bad times. We're going to look at it today. I'm going to even go back and reference a little bit with the Hall of Fame game, but then show how this was so much more prevalent this past week against the Eagles that it really was a tale of two halves. I mean, my goodness. I mean, we already know based on the score from the, from the Hall of Fame game, how it was a tale of two halves. The Steelers were down three to nothing at halftime. And they won 16 to three that. So we know score wise that that was part of the thing with the hall of fame game, but there's some other numbers with that too, but not like it was last week, last week, the Steelers were down 16 to seven, and then they ended up winning 24, 16. And I remind people that could have just as easily been 27 or 31 because with over a minute left in the game, the Steelers were at the four yard line going in and took a knee. So, they had seen all they needed to see. They had, you know, fifth, more than 50 plays in at that time. I think it was right at 50 because I think they took a knee the last two plays. Um, just in the half is what I'm saying. 
of the second half because the offense was on the field the whole time. They should have gotten a great look with stuff with the offense. But we'll break that down a little bit. Let's let's real quick just remind let's remind you all a little bit from the Hall of Fame game what I'm talking about with them when I say the discrepancies from the first half and the second half. So in the first half of the Hall of Fame game, we were looking at you know the Steelers. They were. They were they got out first down. We'll say it that way, uh, thirteen to six, by the by the Cowboys in the first half of the Hall of Fame game. Um, they let's some their third down efficiency was only forty percent when the Cowboys was sixty percent. Remember, this is just first half, just the first half of the Hall of Fame game. They had one hundred twenty three total yards, while the Cowboys had two hundred seventeen. Okay, they ran 24 plays to the Cowboys 40 plays. So you see some of these things coming out. They they didn't have a, they only had two and a half yards of rush where the Cowboys were over were over 4.4. Um the Steelers had less than 100 um net yards passing. I want to make sure that's net, but it's the same as the gross because they weren't sacked at all where the um where the Cowboys, you know, they had 164 net you know, after they lost 10 yards from two sacks and, and things of that nature. Um, the Steelers punted, the Cowboys didn't in the first half. They had, the Steelers had two punts, the Cowboys had none. So it was things like that, that you saw with the first half, you know, the, the yards and the points and everything else. I mean, although it was only three to nothing, but then when you look at the second half, it's funny because the Cowboys still, when it came to some of these stats still had, Still had more. Now I'm not. I'm trying to figure out the one thing. The where I'm actually pulling a lot of these numbers this time is actually off the Steelers media website. That's uh, that it's just open for Steelers media. But a lot of these with their first downs, I think it. Even though it says the second half, I'm pretty sure it's the total for the game because I think the Steelers ended up with nine in the second half, and the Cowboys only had maybe I think they might have only had three first downs in the second half. You know what? Um, Maybe uh, when I added up, it might have been six. Might have been six. So, so we have. So I didn't quite add that up properly. But the Steelers, when it came to third down efficiency, they weren't better. They were three for eight, but they were much better than the Cowboys, who were one for seven. So the defense really picked it up for the Steelers in the second half of that game. Um, then you look at things just of total yards. They were much more even. The Steelers were one twenty-seven, and the Cowboys were one thirty. You know, so it was a much closer game there. The Steelers ran more plays in the second half, 35 to 28. Um, when you looked at the rushing yards, um, well, once again, the Cowboys had more and they even had less rushes. Um, so that that was just another thing. Um, but the passing yards weren't very high in the second half. The Steelers, their net was 81, while the Cowboys' net was 74. But then you look at the time of possession and it the Steelers had a much better time of possession in the second half. It was over 18 minutes to just under 12 minutes of the Cowboys. So that's just kind of, I just did that to kind of set you up a little bit to make you see that, yeah, there was some discrepancy between the first half and the second half in that Hall of Fame game. But it was nothing compared to last Thursday night when the Steelers went to Philadelphia and put on a second half clinic, especially on defense and even on offense. Um, because pri- like prime example, well, well, let me come back to it. In the second half of the Cowboys game, uh, in the 
in the Hall of Fame game. The Steelers punted twice again, but the Cowboys punted three times in the second half when they didn't punt at all in the first half. Um, when you're looking at the Eagles game, my goodness, the Steelers did not punt in the second half. Um, let's not get to the second half stuff. Let's get to the first half stuff first. I mean, they were close in first downs. The Steelers had nine to the Eagles 10 in the first half. The score was 16 to seven. And the Steelers did not score their seven points until just inside the two-minute warning. So it's kind of like they really didn't get going to actually have stuff on the scoreboard. Now, if you've gone back and watched the game over and over again, I've it's funny, I've watched it through again one time, but I feel like I watched it over and over because I was watching each play four or five times before I went to the next one. So when I, I feel like I've watched it over over five times again. It just was all at one time. Um, you could definitely see that the Steelers were right on the verge, right on the verge of being able to, to really extend those drives in the first half. And just a couple things between, I mean, penalties, um, a negative play on an end around things, things of that nature, they end up punting four times. So the first downs that were close with the Steelers nine and the Eagles 10, I'd already said, but the Eagles, their 10 first downs, they were all passing, no rushing. That's just interesting. And none on penalties either. Um, the Steelers were only 20% on third down conversions. They were one of five, but the Eagles were 0 of five. No third down conversions in the first half. And we'll find out no third down conversions, period, for the game. The total yards, the Eagles were blowing them away in the first half, 265 to 150. Um, and that was, and the Eagles ran more plays, but only three more plays than the Steelers did. But they were getting a lot more yards per play. Of course, they did have the one big 79 yard play. Um, thrown in there. But uh the Eagles weren't rushing the ball very very much. They but on the six carries they had, they were getting almost 6 yards a carry, 5.83. When the Steelers they were 3.64, and what's frustrating is the number of plays that they had that were called back on penalty that really would have upped those numbers. But you're like, well, if they commit a penalty, they probably did some and both penalties really didn't one was questionable and the other one didn't really affect the play. So it's just those, you know, sometimes some of those things you want to have back. But I mean, the, the passing yards, it was 230 by the Eagles, the 110 of the Steelers. Um, both both teams were sacked once in the first half um, and, and things like that. But the Steelers punted four times to the Eagles twice. You know, they only punted twice. So when you're looking at those kinds of things, it really stood out, you know, with the Eagles up 16 to 7, up big time in the yardage. Then you look at the time of possession. Believe it or not, the Steelers had a bigger time of possession in the first half, almost 17 minutes to just over 13 minutes. Okay. I mean, it was not that far off because, you know, 15 minutes would be even. That would be what you would expect. So that's what that was looking like. But then you go to the second half. And this is why it's really a tale of two halves, especially in this game. My goodness, the Steelers outscored the Eagles 17 to nothing in the second half. And like I said, they could have had another three or seven points had they chose to want them based on, on what they were doing. The Eagles had zero first downs, zero first downs to the Steelers 19. Steelers had 19 first downs and the Eagles had zero. I mean, so the Steelers, they were they went from nine first downs in the first half to 19 first downs in the second half. 
Okay. It was, and, and they were even, it was nine rushed, nine pass, one on penalty. You know, the Eagles, once again, no, no third down conversions for the game. Then you get to this total net yards, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who in the first half, you know, they had 150 yards. Then they put up 260 in the second half to the Eagles 12. Now that's their net yards. That doesn't take into account that they had three offensive penalties for 15 yards. So if you really want to look at it with penalties, as I did in my article right after the game that came out the next morning, it was negative three yards, negative three yards of offense. The Eagles ran 11 offensive plays in the second half to the Steelers, 52. You know, 52, and two of those were kneel downs. So they had 50 regular offensive plays to the Eagles, 11 plays. The Steelers gained five yards per play when the Eagles gained 1.1. The net rushing yards, here you go. The Steelers rushed the ball 112 yards in the second half. 112. They ran the ball 31 times. Now, Grant, that's only a 3.61 average, but still, you put up over 100 yards and a half, that's pretty good. The Eagles, they had 17 rushing yards. You're like, but wait a second. I thought you said that they that they um, had uh, only 12 yards off. Yeah, we're getting there. Okay? So then you have the, you know, on five attempts, so they, so they only rushed for 3.4 yards a carry. Then you look at the net passing yards. The Steelers were 148. The Eagles were negative five. The Eagles had one completion for four yards in the entire second half. They were one of five for four yards and was sacked once for a nine-yard loss. So, and that goes under the net passing yards for it to be negative five. You know, they, the Steelers didn't give up a sack in the second half, and they so they had the, the full 148 yards passing. And not only that, they were 15 of 21, which is a 71% completion rate for the second half, 7.05 yards per pass to the Eagles' negative one. Yes, they had an interception thrown, but the Eagles had two thrown. And that's the thing. 11 plays, two were interceptions, and one was a sack. Bang. Okay. I, I was even saying, man, I wish I would have seen more of Buddy Johnson. I had to try to remember what he did. He had a he had a pretty good game that was, you know, according to his PFF score, but he only got to play seven snaps because the Steelers defense just constantly got off the field. They got off the field the entire second half. Um, they didn't punt the ball. The Eagles had to punt twice. Um that was pretty unfortunate for those fans of Presley Harvin the third because he had the second half and therefore didn't have any um, punts, punting attempts. But then you look at that time of possession. The Steelers had the ball for over 23 and a half minutes to the Eagles five and a half. And I, I don't think that's exactly right because their numbers don't add up. I don't know that they added on. There's a couple of times in there where, the, where the, there's a, they're actually a little bit shy of the 30 minutes. So that's just crazy. Basically, you know, yeah. Or actually, you know, when you look at it, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's slightly shy of what would be, um, actually, no, when I look at it, it might be a little bit over. They might've overlapped something. Um, but, but still that's a crazy difference in time of possession. It's, um, it's just uncanny how much it was different in the second half. Okay. So then the big question is why? 
Why is it so much different in the second half? So we're going to go ahead. We're going to take our break. When we come back in the second segment of the show, we're going to you know, talk a little bit about why and then talk about some of these numbers that we would like to see this week against the Detroit Lions at Heinz Field and see just kind of wrap up this nerdiness a little bit altogether. So stick around. We'll be right back. When my phone rings, you found someone new. It's no surprise how life could be. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steeler fans. We are still here going strong with Steeler Stat Geek. This is behind the steel curtain editor, Dave Schofield. I'm loving talking these numbers. I hope I haven't rattled off too many of them. But man, oh man, I just can't get over the difference with this team in the second half um, of that game, especially this week. But there's a couple problems with that. There really is when you think about it. First of all, Who's playing to start the game in these games? It's the pretty much of anyone who's playing in the game, you know, unless people are sitting, you know, like the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger and um, Cam Hayward. And I've already listed off some of them. There there was more Tyson Aloualu didn't play again. Uh, Zach Banner, players like that that weren't out there on the field. Then, but the ones that are playing, you're looking at, you know, a mix in of players that should be starters, if you know what I mean. And then some other immediate reserves starting off. That's who's matching up early in these games. Now, because this was the Eagles first game, you even had their second team players coming in a little bit earlier than the Steelers second team players. If you think about it, like the Eagles defensive line. They won series. That's what they got. Okay. Um, the, the, the Eagles offense, like with their, with their young quarterback, Jalen Hurts, he had two series. Um, things like that. So the Steelers even had their, their more starting caliber players out there a little bit longer, but it was in that first half. And that's where the Steelers were not, well, let's just say they didn't win the game in the first half. So that's something this week I would like to see. I want to see the Steelers win the first half. I want to see them go out there with with of the players that are going to be out there, their best offense, their best defense. I don't want to see them win the first half. I want to see them win the first quarter. I don't know how many of these players are going to play beyond the first quarter. I'd like to see them get a little bit. I just don't know. But let's see the Steelers get going early. I talked about this with my brother on the Scobro show that – uh how much time is Ben Roethlisberger going to play? And I think it's more about the number of snaps than it is the number of series. Because if he if he has a 15-play series, 
in the first quarter and goes down and scores a touchdown, that might be it because the number snaps. Um, if they have, you know, a three and out that another drive that after one first down stalls, you might see him out there for a third series just to get the number of plays. I'm hoping it's less series. I really am because I want to see the Steelers do well in those series. I want to see the Steelers win the first half. Now, I am fine with them winning the second half because what that's showing is some of these things that we were concerned about, the Steelers might have more depth than what we realize. It could, you're like, oh, is, is it that their depth's that good? Is it that they, these players have been coached up better? Things like that. Who cares? I mean, it, 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 it's nice to know these answers, but ultimately there's still good things for the Steelers. I mean, the fact that they're out there, I'm, you know, looking at the PFF grades, just, you know, Lafayette Pitts played seven snaps. He played seven snaps on defense, but he had a score of 97.2. Which, which was absolutely crazy if you think about that. I would like to see a bigger sample size, but really I don't because I love the fact that the defense is getting off the field. You know, you also have to look at, at how the Steelers played out their offensive line the last game. They had Rashad Coward out there for the first 15 snaps and then Kevin Dotson for the next 50. Um, that's going to be switched now. I mean, I don't think there's any way they can deny Kevin Dotson running with the ones. And the Steelers this week finally had the five players who many believe are lined up to be the starters for week one of the regular season together for the first time in training camp this week. Those players are, just in case there's any question, um, Chuksakora for Kevin Dotson, Kevin Green, Trey Turner, and Zach Banner. Those are the those are the five you're looking at. But the fact that you're getting great play from someone like Dan Moore Jr., you're actually getting improved play from J.C. Hassenauer. You're getting quality play from I think I think I've really in, have to say Chaz Green has been someone that has really surprised me is when he was out there playing tackle that he's giving some, some, I mean, there's some, still some snaps. You're like, yeah, that wasn't that great, but a lot of good quality play. I talked about this on the Scobro show. Cause we, we were talking about some PFF grades when it comes to run blocking. Joe Haig has the highest run blocking score of, of, you know, from the whole preseason, not just the Eagles game from the whole preseason of any offensive lineman. I mean, that's crazy that they have someone that's, that's doing that. Um, so if you have some of these reserves that there's not having not much of a fall off from your starters to reserves can be great, or it could be trouble. And the reason is why is there not much of a fall off? If there's not much of a fall off because your reserves are that good, that's a great place to be in. If there's not much of a fall off because your starters aren't at the level where they should be, then you have a problem, if you understand what I'm saying. So these are some things that we need to continue to work out over these next two preseason games. Who are the Steelers' best options at these at these different offensive line positions and can they work together? Well, because my goodness, Kevin Dotson and Dan Moore jr. Playing next to each other was a thing of beauty last Thursday. It really, really was. So those are some things that you want to look at, but the, the Steelers coming back and winning preseason games in the second half is encouraging in a way, 
but it's can, but if you really want to break it down, it can be quite discouraging that, wow, in order for the Steelers to win a preseason game, the, the guys that might not be on the team come September 1st are having to bail out the guys that are supposed to be your starters. You don't want that anymore. But at the same time, it's also about players playing together. So I think you're going to see more players playing together on Saturday night against the Detroit Lions. I don't think you're going to see Chase Claypool um, after the injury that he had at practice on Tuesday. Had to make sure he got the right day on Tuesday. Now, is it possible he's back and wants to play a little bit? Yes. Does he need to be? No. If there's any doubt that that, that ankle's still a little bit tender, then don't do it. He was he didn't practice on Wednesday, but he was out, you know, jogging around, catching some passes and everything. So it looks like he's long term, he's going to be fine. And if it means that he misses one preseason game, all shucks. I'm just happy that it's not the alternative. And then, of course, on defense, you will be missing Stefan Tuitt and TJ Watt. But um, that just it since those are positions that you see some rotation anyway, you're going to see some quality time from the guys that are going to see snaps in the regular season, you know, on, on defense, whether that be someone like a Chris Wormley, whether that be um, an Isaiah Loudermilk who has looked better than I expected this preseason. If it's going to be a, I don't know, a Carlos Davis or a Henry Mondo or an Isaiah Bugs, they have lots and lots of options, the defensive line. You're still going to see that those guys out there. And it's not like it's going to be someone starting off the game that you're expecting to not even have a helmet come game day. If you know what I mean, based on those positions. And you could see the same thing about wide receiver, because if a chase Claypool's out, just like what happened in practice on Wednesday, James Washington stepping up and making plays. He's getting a chance to be out there a little bit more. So those are actually positions that if the Steelers are going to have a player not playing, that's better. That's, or I don't know if it's better, but I mean, it's better than the alternative. It's better than, than like, say, the offensive line where those guys generally play 100% of the snaps in a game. Or let's say safety, where one of those, where those guys are known to play 100% of the snaps each game. Um, I'm also excited to see how a thing's going to fit together with Joe Schobert because we've got a little bit of time here to talk a few numbers. I, I, I hate to say it. But at the same time, I have to say it. When you look at the PFF grades, and I've said this a bunch of times, I this is data, this is numbers. I'm giving you the data. PFF grades, if you decide that you don't care about them one bit at all, I'm fine with that. There are times where I'm like, my goodness, that that's off. I, I mean, I thought Lafayette Pitts had a nice interception. I didn't know that everything that he did caused him to go to a 97.2. Um Thing, things of that nature. But if you look at the bottom of the of the defensive ranks, the lost four guys are all middle linebackers. They're all middle linebackers of Robert Spillane, Marcus Allen, UG3, and Devin Bush were the, were the four lowest PFF scores. And I mean, and because Devin Bush had a very poor coverage score. I know we gave up the one, the one pass to the tight end where he stumbled. Um, but as Jeffrey Benedict has said many times before, the vanilla defense that the Steelers are playing is really putting their inside linebackers in a hard spot when it comes to coverage because they're not they're not trying to tip off what they're going to do during the regular season, and therefore these guys 
are go- are basically asked to match up one on one in places where they're not going to be asked to do that during the regular season or in that manner, which is interesting because you know Buddy Johnson still had a very high PFF score in this last game. He was the one middle linebacker. Granted, it was only only seven snaps. Um, because the other inside linebacker that that was that didn't have a terrible score was Calvin Bundage, but he only had three snaps, and his and you know an average PFF score. If you basically did nothing the whole game, um, you get a sixty. That's kind of their baseline of where they start. He had a fifty nine point nine. So in his three snaps, he did one thing that just caused him to get dinged a little bit. Other than that, so if you if you really understand how that works, so I want to see on defense. I want to see a little bit more of what we could maybe expect to where these inside linebackers aren't put in as much of a tough situation so we can get a better gauge on how much Devin Bush is ready to go for the season. What the Steelers have in their new middle linebacker and Joe Schobert would love to see what, what you get there. And is Robert Spillane much better off in that reserve role that can come in and if, if that's just better suited for him. So those are some numbers and things to look for. So I would, I want to see the Steelers. I want to see them get first downs in the first quarter. I want to see them put points to the board in the first quarter. And I would also like this, the Steelers to get off the field in the first quarter on defense. I'd like to see the, 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 the third down conversion or third down rate conversion rate, sorry, be pretty low in the, not just the first quarter, but even in the first half, I'd like to see the Steelers win the first half and not just dominate the second half like they did last week. So that's what the numbers I'm looking for. Um, hopefully that was fun and informative for you all. I'm sorry if I was just regurgitating a lot of stats, but my goodness, that's an awful lot to take in from this game this past week. It was absolutely crazy that this, you know, the Steelers gave up no first downs in the second half, didn't give up a third down conversion the entire game, had a crazy time of possession advantage and completely dominated that part of the game. I would just like to see the Steelers be able to put points on the board this next game before the two-minute warning of the first half because the Steelers, they have one score in the two first halves so far. Let's let's get that going a little bit better. But uh, I'm excited to see what things can happen. I'm excited to see – I'm not going to say a full stadium because it's preseason and it just doesn't fill up. But I'm excited to see numerous fans throughout the stadium – Saturday night at Heinz Field. I really am. I'm looking forward to seeing this game. It, it's nationally televised on NFL Network. And because the Steelers are the home team, you will get the home team announcers, which is very positive because it should be Charlie Batch and Bob Papiani. And you don't have to listen to the other team's announcers never talk about the Steelers. Instead, the, the Lions fans have to listen to the Steelers announcers never talk about the Lions. That's that's a, that's a pretty good trade-off. I'll take that. But um, thanks for, for checking us out. Make sure you are you are checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. It really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. We know you're going to visit other websites. Do that you're not going to just get your Steelers news from us. Our our goal is that if you could only get it from one place, then that then we would be giving you what you need. That's our that's our goal. And of course, the podcast rundown. We've got the new podcast coming. We have a, a premiere coming tomorrow. Um, so make sure that you are definitely checking out the whole the 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 podcast platform because 
of our new shows. We've been plugging them for a while, but the last one will be debuting on Friday. But the new shows are there, the regular morning shows with Let's Ride and the live mic and and my own. We'll be getting back into when the when the regular season comes around, pre-game shows that are the audio only. That's generally um, Kevin Smith and Brian Anthony Davis. And of course, make sure if you've never done it, if you've never caught it live, I know it's going to be late, but Saturday night after the game's over, after Coach Tallman's done speaking to the media, check us out on YouTube or Facebook for the live show with myself, Jeff Hartman, Brian Anthony Davis. It's always a lot of fun. We always have a pretty big crew there in the live chat, and it's just a good time to come together as Steelers fans. So make sure you have all that. And as I always say to finish off, thanks for geeking out. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.